This is The Connection, a Dirty Free Hub podcast connecting gravel cyclists to where they ride through short stories about culture, history, people, places, and lands. The Sky Islands is a monument filled with a unique mosaic of environments. Reaching 9,795 feet above sea level at the highest point, the Sky Islands has characteristics of five world biomes and at crossroads between four major ecosystems, with plant and animal groups that can be found nowhere else in the world, and many which can also be found at all elevations of the monument. Today we talk with Sarah Swallow, a representative for the sport of cycling through community connection, route development, advocacy, and storytelling to share not only the uniqueness of the Sky Islands and the routes she has developed in the area, but also the issues that threatens the area. I'm Kira Corbett, and today Kasha and I chat with Sarah Swallow about the Sky Islands. It's great to have you here today. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the Sky Islands? Yeah, so the Sky Islands are an archipelago of isolated mountain ranges that are divided by lowland grasslands and desert um, environments. So it's all happening in southern Arizona, northern Mexico, and a little bit of western New Mexico. And yeah, the the mountain ranges kind of come up like islands in a sea of grass or desert lowlands. So lots of fun, diverse riding to be done in the Sky Islands. There are five world biomes in one place at the, I'm going to say this wrong, but the Chircawa Monument. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, and you know, I'm not an ecologist, but yeah, the the Chiricahua National Monument is a sky island mountain range that is about three to three and a half hours east of the Sky Islands Odyssey routes or south of Tucson. And it's actually been designated as a national park uh, just recently. And it's because it has all these five biomes in a short, very dramatic area. But it's it's just a beautiful region, very dramatic mountain range. There's lots of hoodoos, rock formations, and it's also the place that they've been spotting ocelots and it is most likely a place that will host jaguars migrating north from Mexico. So it's a very important mountain range for, for migration and just hosts a ton of species. And there's also great gravel roads throughout the... I mean, there's not a ton, but there's still lots of gravel riding to be had. That There's a pass, a gravel road that goes over the mountain range that goes up to, I think, 8,000 feet. And so you're starting at a, at a low grassland and you're riding all the way up in pine forests, which are very, which is very, very cool. And cold, you know, it can be cold and, you know, snowy, snow on the roads in the wintertime. And there's lots of water there. And yeah, very special place and it makes sense why they're they're making it a national park but also means it'll probably be a little bit more busy there these days. Sarah I know you do a lot of advocacy in the cycling community do you want to tell us a little bit about that as well as the unique event of Ruta del Jefe? Yeah so I host an event 
called Ruta del Jefe. It's called Ruta del Jefe means the route of the boss, which is named after El Jefe, the jaguar that used to be in the Santa Ritas from like 2011 to 2015. It was the first known jaguar in the U.S to be in the U.S. since they were pretty much killed to extinction in the 90s and the 80s. And yeah, so it was a very exciting time to have a jaguar back in the Santa Ritas. It is understood that El Jefe likely migrated back south to Mexico to find a mate. But regardless, I named the route Ruta del Jefe because it follows the, the longest distance the event route follows is the 135-mile route of the Sky Islands Odyssey East Loop. So there's people that are riding the East Loop all in one day, which is a huge, huge ride. It can take people from 12 to 20 hours to finish that ride. But the event also has a 28-mile ride, a 55-mile ride, and a 70-mile ride. The focus of the event is to raise awareness to the various different issues that are affecting the Sky Islands. And so we do that by inviting representatives from local indigenous humanitarian aid and conservation groups to come and speak to the riders the night before the ride and then give them more context for the place that they're riding their bike through. And then they go and ride their bike and have a, a bit more of a meaningful, engaged ride. And yeah, the, the goal is just to, to create advocates for the region and create more awareness for for the issues affecting it. What are some of those issues that you highlight? Yeah, so there's many. (laughs) We might not have enough time on the podcast, but one is the significance of how biodiverse this place is. So it has, I think it has the majority, the majority of North American birds migrate through this region every year. I think it has the highest diversity of bees in the world around the Chiricahuas, has black bear, jaguar, pronghorn, antelope, quadamundi. So a lot of different creatures all in one area. And that's because of the sky island. Then there's also the human migration element. So we've got a border wall that is pushing people to cross the border into these more remote regions. And unfortunately, what's happening is that people are getting so desperate to cross that they're crossing in these remote regions and getting lost and don't have water and food, and they're dying in the desert. So there's hundreds of deaths all within this one small, I mean, there's thousands of deaths recorded, but hundreds of deaths a year um, just in kind of the region of the Sky Islands Odyssey routes that that take place. So there's efforts for humanitarian aid to help help these folks. Then the border wall also affects the animal migration as well. So, you know, over 2017, 2018, and 2019, there was rapid building of the border wall that surpassed laws that were meant to, to protect the environment and human migration. But it was built anyway, and now is blocking migration for, for instance, jaguars who are trying to come up from northern Mexico into the Chiricahuas, but there's a a new border wall blocking that. The border wall is blocking deer, ocelot, you know, any larger mammals that can't get through those those fences. And so we're we're trying to raise awareness to that because 
there are things that can be done to to help that. Yeah, and then there's the indigenous element, which we, we invite folks from the Indivisible Tohono, which is a advocacy group to increase voting for Native peoples and getting people more engaged in, in the voting for issues that affect them. So the border wall also affects them. It divide for the Sona Autumn Nation, border wall divides their nation so they can't move back and forth between their nations so their families are divided. They're they're also heavily militarized in, on their nation as well. So but they, they speak to the issues that, that affect them at Ruta del Jefe. Those are just some of the ones that, that we kinda of talk about. It's you know, the, when I first came to this place I was not aware of all the issues and was just in love with the writing. But then as I learned about the issues, I was kind of like, oh, this place kind of has a bit of an ugly side. And it was kind of uncomfortable to face that and to kind of deal with that. But I think it just goes to show that, you know, we have a responsibility to kind of know about these issues if we're going to ride in a place you know we can't just keep our heads in the sand you know the outdoor industry is a really strong industry and can and can advocate for some of these issues and get involved and it's a great way of just developing more empathy to to some of these issues especially if you're coming from a place that you're not exposed borderland issues it can be very, you know, enlightening in a way like, you know, you're not just reading about it in the news, you actually can see it firsthand. That's, yeah, like you just said, people aren't used to seeing that. And like when you were talking about the animals, like we hear what the border wall is doing, but then you don't think about the impact it's having on so many different layers of the, you know, animal kingdom and then the human that, and especially as bikers, we get to go out and explore these areas. And then what you're doing, I think, is really awesome to help and advocate for those issues. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think yeah. it's important. Yeah. And especially I feel now more than ever, just because Pat, the region of Patagonia is is becoming extremely popular among cyclists. Just since COVID, it has exploded. You know, you go into the town of Patagonia on any one day, and there's like five different cycling groups. And that was never the case for, you know, people have always been riding in the area, but it hasn't been this popular. So I think with the more amount of people that are coming in, it's it's out of respect for the place itself and its residents that people are, are aware of kind of what the issues are that a lot of the local people are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. This was great. Thank you for having me. Dirty Free Hub is a nonprofit organization fueled by your generous contributions. Find us at dirtyfreehub.org.